everybody. What's going on? Welcome to This Week in Mormons. Man, that fades out fast. I wish I could change that setting. That's just like gone. It's gone. Welcome to our special Temple Predictions, the podcast part three. I don't know. Joe, you served your mission mm. next to France and with, you know, Wallons. Is that the appropriate way to say three in I French? I have no idea. Trois? Yeah. Yes, trois. <laughs> trois. I believe this is the third time we have done this Absolutely. wonderful exercise. I'm Jeff Openshaw, your founder and major lover from TWIM. And I'm joined, of course, by longtime TWIM cheerleader who does not want to be identified as our social media manager anymore. So I'm just going to call him TWIM Hero. Joe. O- only because I've been slacking on the job for the last few years. I haven't, I haven't really done anything. Well, you've been busy. You have a life. You have a family, too. <laughs> you know. So, so all the hate that you know the the commenters give, it's it's not directed toward me anymore. No, it's not. It's very nice much sometimes. at me. It's very much at me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to be like we are legion, like that kind of thing. Like just ignore the particulars of it. Anyway, I'm I'm always. You could say it's me. It's fine. I, can, I, no, I I'll be your excuse. I am. I I want to be on the lookout. I would love to have someone actually manage our Facebook page and not have me worry about it. If you're a longtime listener and would be interested in doing that, you just go ahead and shoot me an email, Jeff G E O F F at thisweekinmormons.com. We can talk. Like seriously, I would love not to deal with managing that thing. I schedule most of the posts <laughs> and then don't worry about it. But still, that would be. You know, dynamite. it can be a brute. Yeah, man. It can so, be a time suck, big time. Joe, you you like to join us primarily to talk temples, but how's life been for you up there and uh, up there in the old eight hundred one in the nucleus? Yeah, yeah you know, I'm heartbeat. I'm right in the Beehive. We live about a mile from Temple Square, so about as close as you can get. Maybe two miles actually, but um, yeah, things are pretty good here. People are getting vaccinated, um, so that's good news in the COVID era. Um, yeah, it's pretty chill. We're coming into spring. The weather's getting nicer. Oh, man. Well, I'm excited to do our special show here before conference. Uh, sorry, it's a little late getting our Temple Prediction podcast out. Of course, you can go to thisweekinmormons.com and read the predictions. We've always we've done that in written form for I don't even know how many years now. Uh, but podcasting them is a little bit of a newer effort, but it's fun to have a discussion about it at the same time. Uh, before we get into this, though, I want to help thank, help thank the sponsor for this show. That's right. We don't do tons of sponsors on TWIM, but this one's too cool to ignore, and I don't have sponsors unless I genuinely think the product is worthwhile, all right? I am not just simply some money grubber. So this one is super great. I love this. So I, I was perusing a handful of a little weeks ago, a month or so ago, um, a little blog to help out with Come Follow Me, particularly for my kids. I have young kids. Um, and we were feeling kind of stuck when it comes to the church manuals in terms of getting them to pay attention. And it's been harder, of course, with COVID and everything and doing church at home. And they had a little link down there for this service at yourhousepress.com. And what this is, it's called Your House Press. Um, and basically, they print the the weekly scripture for Come Follow Me on newspaper. And then you're, you hang it up with clips or a hanger or what have you. Uh, and the idea is to facilitate discussion uh, in your home, uh, whether it's with roommates or your kids or a spouse, or even if you're by yourself, whatever it may be. And to just have have something more to talk about with the scripture, to see it there. And and they'll send you shipments monthly or however you sign up. You can subscribe in different ways. And you'll get these printed on newspaper, shipped as newspaper, by the way, to save cost on shipping. And then you just hang them up and you have something cool to talk about. And the whole aesthetic of it's great. If you're a Helvetica fan, if you're a Helveticaite, I think you'll be a fan of what they're doing uh, with this. It, it also all, yeah, ca- Calling it a scripture printed on newspaper to hang up sounds maybe a lot less... In- um, appealing than how it looks. It's very beautiful. Paint for us a word really picture, cool. yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a, well, you know, there's a lot of use of white space or in this case with black ink, you know, black space. Oh yes. Um, you know, it's clean font. Um, it's very artful in the way that it's presented. Yes. And, um, it's a really cool, you know, kind of a statement piece that you can put up, but not feel bad about ripping down and throwing in the trash when the next one comes, I guess. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> or save them. Th- thank you for, for explaining that joke. Cause it is hard, a little bit hard to, to verbalize how they look. It's more than just yeah. a scripture. And also because it has sort of a pull quote at the top, something that like there's examples here from the book of Mormon, but like this says the Lord labors with us. Then it says Jacob five, seven. Then it has some of the verses down below that they're relevant. Anyways, it's a cool, it's a great conversation piece, something really neat. Uh, so they have been nice enough to let twim listeners. If you go to your house press, you're the possessive Y O U R housepress.com, And if you use the promo code first month, you'll get 50% off your first month. So check that out. Nice. We're really thankful to them for partnering with us to do this. I think it's a really neat product. And click on ways to hang to see an example of what it looks like. Yes, but we'll also, we'll put it, we'll have an ad up on this post uh, and everything on the website oh, cool. so you can see the visual as well, of course. Um, so thanks to uh, Your House Press for that. And without further ado, Joseph, shall we speak about in. how we are the greatest temple predictors in the world? I mean, we are. We were just talking about how maybe this, uh, this edition is not our strongest list, but if you take into consideration our, our record and our longevity, um, that's uh, not a hard statement to make. We are definitely. Yeah. This is kind of like the office season eight right now. That's where we are. Um, (laughs) I never even made it still entertaining, but maybe not as much of a sure thing as it was before. (laughs) I, and I'm with you on that too. Uh, I think I'll say this fully up front. I think some of our honorable mentions we might get to at the end might actually be some of the better shots than the ones we picked. But we've written about this for so long uh, that I think sometimes it's fun to pull. We have also want to have fun writing and predicting and perhaps even finding Absolutely. finding a reason to jackhammer in our idea and make it work in some ways. Uh, and many of our honorable mentions have been written about before. And, the, too. and there's that you know, too. And we link to those as well. Like if we've written about them, we yeah. provide a hyperlink to it. Uh, so you can check out our rationale for that. So it's also to mix it up and make it so you're not basically reading what could be, be a post that is, you know, 70% the same as the last time around, because we're just holding over all the same ones that were not predicted. Uh, we're just recycling. It's evergreen content. You know, what's funny, Joe, I was telling you how impressed I have been that you predicted the second temple in Sao Paulo, which I still think is awesome because you kind of came out of nowhere with that prediction. But I found an old article we'd written together from probably it's it's been a while, 2015, 2016. Probably after 2016, and you actually mentioned that. You mentioned that uh, Second Temple in Sao Paulo. It might have been your article when you, when oh. you say, should Second Temples be the norm in some of these big yeah. ur- urban... in the wake of Lima's second announcement. Exactly. And one of the ones yeah. you mentioned way back then, it was probably about five years ago now, was Sao Paulo. So even though I, I didn't remember it at the time, but... Uh, <laughs> well, here we are, man. Wise boy. Yeah, we got some good announcements last time. And we, you know, we had uh, uh, Kiribati finally got the temple announced for there, Sao Paulo. Yeah. Uh, we we talked for a while about a second one in Guatemala City, and now that's happening. It's a very exciting time to be alive. Well, and don't forget Arkansas. I, I mean, it wasn't last time, but um, Arkansas finally got that long overdue. Good old Bentonville. Many, many times. I know. I feel like I willed that one into existence. Just just <laughs> me, right? Just me. Uh, so, of course, words of caution up front, everybody. If you remember, like, we know we don't speak for the church. I also don't think this is a bad exercise. There are some who, who I've seen might say, well, why are you? Is that kind of like predicting callings and stuff like that? I don't think it's quite along those lines because pretty, we all, we speculate about calling openings in our wards. That's natural, I think, as people. But uh, temple predictions, it's really just looking at church numbers, demographics, uh, distance to temples, all sorts of data points like that that do inform where they go. And that's probably why we've had some success in the past. 
because the church looks at the same things. And like we know from Doctrine and Covenants, mm -hmm. I am every belief and confidence that the brethren look at the data points and then ask if things are right. They come to conclusions and they check with God about what to do. And at the same time, as President Nelson has intimated, I think there might be other times where simply a temple gets announced because he's felt the inspiration to do so. And that's also obviously totally great. And that's when you get temples in places like Linden, Utah, that we would never have announced, thought of yeah. in the first place. So just remember oh, all that Russia. as we're talking about this, um, we put all these things together. And again, you can read all of these and see a great interactive map that we've been maintaining for years that has temp all the temple locations, their status, and how much of an area they take in in terms of a 200-mile radius from the temple location. It's just a cool way to visualize where the temples are and where they where they might be to serve the saints. So should we let's do a quick uh, free boost to... Um the church of Jesus Christ temples.org. Do you know him? The guy that, that maintains it. It's a, yeah, it's a work Rick Satterfield. And, and we rely on it heavily for a lot of our data. Rick Satterfield lives in Pocatello, Idaho. Uh, I, I know him in the sense that we are both, you know, Latter-day Saint influencers. No, nothing like that. But, <laughs> uh, but I've, I've corresponded with Rick in the past, but I think he's a legend far beyond anything I could ever hope to achieve because he's been made. His website is better than the church's website on temples. hundred percent. So, it's just amazing. And, and he, I, they're very humble about it. He doesn't want to draw attention to himself, but it's a, a very, powerful resource. And yes, we do pull for that for some data points, as well as uh, we want to thank our friend Corey Ward, who has been doing some writing for us over the past year about temples in general. He also maintains some interesting spreadsheets and there are others in the community as well. Uh, you know, Matt Martinick over there at uh, yep. com. also oh. interesting insights to offer up there. So thanks to the whole community who does that. I think there's great perspectives all around on all of this. Nice. All right, I'll kick off then because we're just going to go in order. Brazil doesn't have enough temples, Joe. It just simply doesn't. I mean, yeah, they've got a lot right now. And of course, the, the saddest thing with Brazil right now is that the Rio de Janeiro temple has been done for a year, but they've not been able to dedicate it because of COVID. It's just been, it's never been dedicated. So it can't be, they want to have the open house. They want to have all the stuff around that. I mean, they could in theory just go quietly dedicate it one weekend and then plop it into phase two and, let it be what it is, but they don't want to do that, of course. So that's right. unfortunate for Brazil. I'm assuming any forthcoming temple announcements for that country or others uh, don't COVID doesn't matter quite as much. It's just the unfortunate circumstance that temples like Brazil or like mine in DC, we just, we can't dedicate them in the current circumstance. So they're just in waiting in the wings. So here's one that's kind of, kind of, kind of close to uh, your beloved Sao Paulo that you'd mentioned and Rio in a sense, I will pronounce it very gringo-ish. Belo Horizonte which means like beautiful horizon, I'm assuming, from Portuguese. I thought you were, I thought you were a Brazilian just now, el na, Jeff. El não fala português. Um, <laughs> and we all know Portuguese. If you want to speak Portuguese, just go. That's how you speak Portuguese. I just did it for you. Oh, that's a, that's a good impression. Thank you. So, uh, Belo Horizonte, I think this is a, a strong choice here. Now, we know it is currently part of the, uh, I believe, what, the Salvador Brazil Temple District, if I'm not mistaken which is, no, sorry, the Campinas, Brazil, not, not Salvador, the Campinas Temple District. I assume it's going to be placed in Rio's Temple District. Whenever Rio's done, they haven't announced that Temple District. But this is an area that's still far enough away from Rio or Campinas. There's a good number of members. It's I think it follows a lot of what's happened elsewhere for Brazil getting temples. And so I'm all about this. You know, and it's, even, it's outside yeah, the 200-mile zone, my friend, even though I don't know if that's a metric we use as much now as we did in the past. But if you're looking between Campinas... Rio, Brasilia is getting a temple. There's a nice little spot right there in the middle where Belo Horizonte could receive a temple. 
Yeah, and it is in the middle. I think you could, you know, it could clave off stakes from more than just the Rio de Janeiro mm-hmm. district, which we don't even know what it is because, you know, it hasn't been dedicated yet. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's nestled right in there. What's wild to me, just looking at the article, is the, the photo that you picked. Man, that city's huge. At least it looks huge. <laughs> it's like and every it's Brazilian like, city is just a massive apartment yeah, building. So. It's like Chinese cities and Brazilian cities are all like this. But <laughs> I mean, it just goes to show there there are massive amounts of of people that live far enough away, you know, from traveling to a temple and and you know, in a place like Brazil, where you're dealing with just a certain percentage of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. You know, it's just if there's a city that big. At this point in the game, it probably ought to have a temple. I wonder where Belo Horizonte is in terms of the uh, just its overall population. Yeah, its population compared to all Brazil. I mean, look at this. So uh, it is the sixth largest city of Brazil with a population of 2.7 million people and a metropolitan area of 12.7 million people. It's the 13th largest city in South America and the 18th largest in the Americas. Completely. It's kind of behind the eight ball here with uh with getting a temple. I think it's a little bit late in the game. Yeah, but maybe 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 by that you token, know also they they've more. got five stakes right there in the city itself, plus another five kind of right around the orbit. But is that the so, issue that it's so um, that it's so large and it should perhaps be even more densely Latter Day Saints for a city that an area that large? We've been building. I don't temples know. I mean, for... I think if we're talking along the Wasatch Front, that's that's more of a of an argument. But I, you I know, think Utah is just. I think the, We'll get to Utah. I just don't think Utah can be used for comparison <laughs> for anywhere else at this stage. It just doesn't. It's, it's no, operating uh, from a different gotta, playbook. We've got to ch- change the variables there. Oh, a real- One thing I want to talk about, though, is looking at, in Belo Horizonte, looking at Vitoria area, I think even those stakes could potentially be part of that. If, you know, if you're looking to kind of create a critical mass of, you know, maybe upwards of 12 or 15 stakes in the district. And where um, is Vitoria? You know, where I is think that? that would fit, too. So Vitoria is... Um, I'm looking on a map right now. I it's on the coast. Saying, but... It's on the coast. I'm okay. not on the map yet. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, for example, like if you oh, go I, just to I the... See, I see Vitoria de Conquista, which is like just outside the 200-mile zone from Salvador, but it's not on the coast. Maybe that's what I'm talking about. Let me see here. I don't know what you're talking well, about. I don't know. I looked at a map. I don't know. Vila Velha? I looked at a map, and I was like, oh, yeah, those those ones. Okay, Teixeira no, de Freitas, am, which means about... fried Texans. I'm talking about Vitoria, and then right underneath it, there's a Vila Velha, and they are on the coast. Yes. There's three stakes right there. Yes. Okay. 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 I'm in. I'm in. Let's but do, yeah, let's do that one too. We'll bring it into the. Let's district. do it. Yeah, I That'll think you could you could make a sizable um, temple district there for sure. Oh, by the way, as an aside, I want to give a shout out as well to the Temple Matrix that's maintained by just love love Latter Day Saints who love this stuff like we do. So if you go to sites.google.com/slash/view/slash/temple-matrix. We'll link to it. And we've also tweeted about Oof. it recently. Uh, they aggregate temple predictions from the many of us who do that sort of thing and then assign it, then score it based on the prevalence of the predictions. So it's just basically a way to see across the interwebs and all of us doing this, how things are ranking in that sense. So with all of that, they believe, so Belo Horizonte, for example, is ranked six right now. And it's actually appeared on 63% of lists that they are cataloging that have done hey. this. Okay. So others that we might reference if they're on the list, we, you know, we can also see how they gel or yeah. jive with the temple matrix. So I'm I'm giving this one a I'm giving this one like a B plus, I think. For sure. Yeah. Strong, strong pick. I think um Thank you. 
definitely stronger than my next one. I don't even know <laughs> if anybody else put my put Fort Worth on the Temple Matrix. But it does I, say, and by the, us, I mean me. Well, there is listed <laughs> uh, number two on the Matrix is Austin and others, Texas. So if this qualifies oh. for and others, that's just a way to get. Yeah. Then, then there you go. Well, let me let me tell you why I think it's probably a better pick than what some of the numbers would suggest. All right, hit me. This is kind of in the same vein of you know what I was thinking with Sao Paulo. You know, just big metropolitan areas um, that have been serviced for a long time by one temple, but you know maybe deserve a second look to see if there are you know other enclaves of stakes or saints within that area that you know that could feed into an, a new temple district. Obviously, you know, in mega cities like Lima or Sao Paulo, you know, there's the issue of transportation from one end to another can often be, you know, how long it takes to drive 200 miles or two hours, you know, in the States or whatever. But, um, you know, this is looking at the States, looking at, uh, you know, a state like Texas that has large cities and large population um, and, you know, also a lot of members. I do think uh, in terms of state side temple districts that... um, you know, we're not seeing too many that have 25 plus stakes anymore these days, you know? And so essentially to see Dallas temple with what was it? 28 stakes. Um, you know, that kind of like made my temple prediction sensors go, Oh, you know what? Let's take a look here. And so I think Fort Worth, you know, it's kind of its own main city, um, sister city to Dallas. And, uh, I definitely think it has enough of a dividing line of the cluster. You know, we talked about maybe doing this in Vegas where, could Vegas sustain a second temple, but it's hard to figure out kind of like where the existing stakes are, like how those clusters sort of divide. Yeah. But, you know, in Fort Worth, I think it makes a little bit more sense. And so, yeah, I think it's a pretty strong guess. Yeah. It's hard in, in Vegas because like Summerlin's the geographically obvious choice, but there's more members down South and what and East, but that's like the temples in the East. Yeah. Uh, and same problem with the Gilbert temple too, is that like, so the, the Gilbert temple is so easily accessible on the freeway mm-hmm. that it's really hard to divide, even though there are a lot of stakes adhere to that district, yeah. you know, it's hard to divide it because everyone can get there pretty easily. So, so I, I admit, I don't know how I feel about Fort Worth. Uh, Oh, come on. I mean, I have my own Texas prediction later on. Uh, and the funny thing is it's also not Austin. Honestly, Austin maybe is the better pick of all of Texas for, for these <laughs> reasons. I don't know. I could, I like where you're going with it. I think you're, I think you love the idea of second temples and metroplexes. And there's, you know, there's almost 8 million people I in do. the Dallas I don't know why, but I Fort do. Worth metroplex. And I don't know, not living there. I don't know how complicated it is. If you live way on the western edge by fort worth is it a pain to get up north of dallas to where the temple is the temple is also an 80s temple those that's one of those stake center style ones i like to call um so it's not huge so maybe maybe but i don't know i just don't, i don't know if it's there i don't know if it's there i'm i don't know i can't i can't i remember just being a kid show. and going on the long road trip from lawton oklahoma down to Dallas because that was our temple back then when my older siblings were doing temple trips and yeah. I would, I would go tag along. And so, yeah, it was, there's a lot of people there, man. That city is huge. And uh, I think there's a lot of members there too. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It could, it could, it could be. happen. It could be. I mean, Texas right now has the Dallas temple, the Houston temple, the San Antonio temple, the Lubbock temple handling panhandle and its environs. And then of course there's a new one going in way down there and um, starts with an M. I'm El Paso. Forget. No, not El Paso. No, all the way down McAllen. to McAllen. thank you. McAllen. All the way down to McAllen, which is the bottom of Texas on the Mexican border. They're getting one, too. So it's a pretty good spread. It would be interesting if they actually got one, just a second one in the Metroplex, especially when Houston's also such a huge city. 
Um, here's another holdover from before, but this one I feel like is getting increasingly likely given the way things have been going. Uh, I, I'm calling this one Smithfield, Utah, but this could really just be Northern Cache Valley, Utah. It might be Smithfield. It might be across mm-hmm. the border, like in Preston, Idaho. It could be. I think they'd keep it in Utah just to continue the whole Utah bragging train about temples in Utah. Like, why give another one to Idaho? Really? I mean, if, if Coeur d'Alene can't get its act together, don't just give one to Preston. I mean, come on. Right. So, yeah. So, whatever it may be, Smithfield. It's or very. Call it the Bear Lake, the Bear Lake Temple. They could call it the Bear Lake, the Bear Lake <laughs> Idaho slash Utah Temple. Um, <laughs> It's an interesting spot because a lot of the temples that have been going up in Utah, pretty much all of the ones announced of late have all been in the Wasatch Front, very much in the dense corridor between, basically just between Provo and Ogden at this stretch, not even yeah. going beyond that. I mean, the Payson Temple predates that a little bit, like Brigham City as well. Sure. Everything else has been in between that, whether it's Linden, Orem, Saratoga Springs, Taylorsville, uh, what is now Deseret Peak and was once Tuella, which is a funny little saga, or like Orcaysville, Syracuse. Oh, I need to know more about that saga. Oh, okay. That could be a fun digression because it's a crack up. Do you want to have this discussion? Right <laughs> yeah, now? G- give me the give me the quick no, rundown, they, the, the church, Reader's Digest version. The church announced the temple. In, we've talked about it on Twim a lot, uh, but yeah, the church announced the temple in Tuella in the Tuella Valley, and they were going to build it in a town called Erda, which is sort of equidistant mm-hmm. between Tuella, Grantsville, and um, Smith, um, Stansbury Park, the kind of big three cities in the area. That's great. And they announced as part of it, they were going to build a residential community around it. Um, unofficial sources say this is because it uh, gets the municipality to like foot the bill to build the utilities, which makes building the temple more viable because the temple was going to be built pretty much on farmland. So there was not a lot of existing mm-hmm. infrastructure to get it there. Residents in the area, which is, again, very agricultural. Erda is not a little bedroom community like the other ones in question, did not like the residential plan. Some activists were very much against it, even though they loved the church right. and wanted to, want to become a suburb and wanted a temple there. But they thought it was too dense, even though the lots were like they called it dense housing and the lots were like half acre lots. But OK, whatever. <laughs> and so this got to the point that the church last year announced they weren't going to do the uh, housing development at all anymore. But that's all they said about it. So we assumed the temple was just going to go in as it was. And then a few months ago, the church announced it was relocating the temple site its- itself into Tuila itself. And at the same time, renaming it the Deseret Peak Utah Temple, which is a peak to the southwest of the Tuella Valley, um, even though now it's more properly in Tuella than it was before. They just didn't want people to call it the Tule, the Tule Temple. I don't know. And they haven't announced whether they're going to try to have any kind of a development around it or anything like that. But it's kind of funny that they've moved the, whole, the design of the temple. The design's going to be the same. All of it's going to be the same. But they moved the location like two miles down the highway. So hmm. anyway, I guess we don't consider Tuella Wasatch Front. That's good. But it's close i True. mean you could live in stansbury park or where any commute to salt lake it's just around the mountain just around I've known the river people that have. yeah <laughs> yes all right well thanks for catching so, me up on that i that one kind of fell through my gaps of that's of all right so events so here's the deal cash valley a little bit more removed you know logan's up there okay. and that's the big deal the logan utah temple is there it's one of the oldest temples in the church second ter- temple dedicated after saint george in utah there's 43 stakes feeding that temple right now, which even for Utah is a very big number. That's a lot. Um, so it's crowded, obviously. A lot of stakes feeding it. And we've yeah. been splitting up stake feeding of that quantity and building more temples elsewhere. Like Ogden, for example, had a very large uh, number of stakes feeding it, but now they're building temples in Kaysville and Syracuse, which will probably pull from there and from the Bountiful Temple. So that alone tells you like something's got to give here. This might not be a major population center compared to elsewhere, but 
there are a lot of stakes right. going there. And of course, some of those are student stakes because of um, uh, Utah State. But still, it's 43 stakes. That's a lot. So putting it in the northern part of the valley, there's a lot of stakes up that way. That would space it out. And I also think that because of our move to uh, rehabilitate a lot of the pioneer era temples of the church for better and worse a little bit, but thankfully Manti is not totally dead. Um, hmm. I think the Logan Temple is like the most needing of that of any of these temples the logan temple was completely gutted in the 70s completely none of the original floor plan exists they built it inside the shell of the old temple and it's nothing wow factory at all when you go in there it's almost at this point it's almost been kind of like a twim running bit that you include on any time the logan temple comes up sorry is that you you know you remind listeners that uh no don't say sorry i just mean like the pressure campaign obviously been needing to happen for a long time right and and you know the interior is you know very dated i guess is a good way to put it and um yeah it could be you know the the timing is right and for whatever reason i just feel like and this is just my own geographical ignorance of that part of utah i think i've only been to logan once in my life but um outside of logan i just feel like cash valley is a bunch of old people that you know, go to the temple twice a week. And, um, you know, that's kind of the image in my head. And so, you know, you got some, some decent, uh, How dare you. very faithful stalwart members up there, you know, that are heavy temple attenders. And, you know, that's obviously got to be considered in the mix, particularly with, I think, Intermountain West temples is, you know, you look at not just like membership rates, but you look at attendance rates and things like that. And so if the Logan temple is pretty heavily attended, of course. Then, you know, it would make sense that you would want to kind of relieve that area especially if they're about to you know, yeah. close it for four years or whatever. And that's what I would think. But I would think either, like, would they close it in advance or would they announce a new temple in the area, build that temple, which would still take like three plus years. And then once that one is there and it could absorb some of, take some of the heat and then Brigham City could take some of it as well. Then do they close Logan yeah. for a long time? I guess my only question is that would actually protract that process because we've already got the other three pioneer temples are, the, the processes are in the works. To do this and so are we going to true wait four more years before we even touch logan i don't know and then will yeah. president nelson still maybe i mean at this point it's all future casting because how many temples do we have even in the queue you know i mean there's just like a there's lot, a lot so there's a lot but i still i think it, this one's still be. this i think this one's happening if not this conference it's happening like sometime soon because it's just it's busting at the seams to the matrix what does everyone else think oh to the matrix oh, it's number three Number three on the 60, Matrix. 69% of lists. Yeah. Huzzah. That's kind of a cool feature to put in this podcast. Sweet. It is sweet. Well, yeah, I think it's a good guess for sure. And, you know, I, I what I said in the article too, and I'll just reiterate here real quickly, is that, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'll just say it, I'm kind of over Utah temples at this point. I feel like <laughs> it's just, we've had a lot lately. <laughs> But this one, this one gets a pass for me. I feel like this one is is okay. You know, you can make a good case, and a good case is a good case, I guess, no matter where it is. All right. That said, let's move on to. Um... Oh, this is nice music. I just wanted to be dramatic for your next one. What is this? That's dramatic music. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, how about let's talk about the largest Muslim country in the world, Indonesia, and the idea of maybe putting a temple there. You know, I kind of forget that um, in one sense, uh, entering the Islamic world 
with, um, you know, potential houses of worship has been something that I think the church has done for a long time, you know, in Jordan, in um, Jerusalem, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, we also have a Dubai temple, which I feel like I've kind of razzed you over the years for uh, predicting, but lo and behold, it came true. And I, (laughs) I did not see that happening. So this has kind of opened my world to a whole new, uh, you know, world of possibility of thinking about these things. And, you know, we've kind of uh, boosted a, a Singapore temple, I think for a while, um, I've mentioned a couple times in these articles that my parents served a mission in Malaysia um, back in the day and, uh, you know, saw a lot mm-hmm. of um, pretty heavily, even though it was a humanitarian mission, you know, they saw a lot of um, heavy growth um, membership wise there. And, you know, so we've kind of been eyeing, I think, this broader region for a while in terms of, you know, where potentially a temple could go. Um, you know, that's been a little bit, uh, I think, challenged by recent announcements in or fairly recent announcements in Thailand, Cambodia. Um, but, you know, I do think there's a right. case to make for Jakarta. I mean, there's it's still far enough away. There's still, I think, a, a concentrated amount of membership in um, the capital city of Indonesia. And, um, you know, it would still easily service, I think, Malaysia, um, Singapore, other smaller countries in that area. East Timor. I mean, come on. I don't think we're going to see a temple there anytime soon. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like this is kind of maybe one of those. I'm gonna uh, build one in Dili, huh? All right. <laughs> yeah. Dili's, Dili's the capital city of Eastern. Anyway. I know. Yeah, Dili. It's a lavender blue. Dili Dili is the full name, Jeff. Actually, if you no, recall that stop. Disney movie. <laughs> Just stop. No. no. Uh, yeah. Anyway, my uh, my Indonesian so, guess in Jakarta. I think the interesting thing is that they're they're moving the capital. They're actually moving Jakarta. Um, you know, so in terms of like wh- how that well, they're not moving Jakarta. Consideration. <laughs> they're moving. The, they're moving the government service. No, they're they're Jakarta itself is going to stay digging where it up is. the city and moving it. It's sinking, right? I mean, that's that's this how I like envision Avengers it in Age my of, head. Age of Ultron. They're just going to lift up the whole <laughs> thing. Going to put it on one of those like move, elevating helicopter. Just going like, to move it to Borneo. Things. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah, Jakarta's sinking like badly. Like Venice gets all the press for a sinking city, but Jakarta is way sinking, and it's uh, not good. Yeah. So Jakarta, huh? All right. Yeah, so they're moving the capital. And and you yeah, and you like Jakarta. Now I know that region's seeing growth, but you like Jakarta more than like Singapore, more than somewhere in Malaysia. You like Jakarta for the temple in that region. For right. The, Simply because, you know, Jakarta's on the island of Java, and I think there are, what did I say, like three stakes or something? Uh, two stakes and a district mm-hmm. on the island of Java alone. Whereas, you know, a little harder to justify maybe a Singaporean temple with just one stake in Singapore, um, even though it might be more of a transportation hub. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, there are just more members in, in Jakarta. There are, but hmm, there are more people in Jakarta, too. But at the same time, Singapore, with its one stake, is also the city-state of Singapore, and that's it. So I haven't run the numbers on, like, per capita, mm-hmm. you know, how many members per capita in Singapore versus Jakarta. I have to imagine, I don't know if, I don't know if the church would have trouble building a temple in Jakarta. I doubt it, because even though... Um, Indonesia is a Muslim country. It's a bit of a different flavor of Islam, given the ge- you know the geographic yep. spread from where Islam started, uh, and it's a country that kind of prides itself a bit more on pluralism. And not all of Indonesia is Muslim, of course. I mean, you go to Bali, and everyone there's people that are Hindu, for example. Sure, but it still factors into society a little bit. But I like to think that um, I don't think we'd have a major issue building there. I don't think we have trouble with we we have stakes there, right? And uh, yeah. I, I think. 
people might take me to task on this. I mean, I know we have like a mission there, but I think we have proselytizing missionaries under normal non-pandemic circumstances in Indonesia. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that one. Actually. I know in Malaysia they had like, you know, one, one, at least when my parents were there, like one had to be, if one was in a white shirt, the other one had to be in like a pastel colored shirt and they couldn't wear name tags. Um, and they could only be invited in without like asking to be invited mm-hmm. in kind mm-hmm. of thing like vampires. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they were still, I guess, considered proselytizing in that regard. So I guess maybe there's a broader definition of proselyting in that part well, of the yeah. world that I wouldn't be surprised if maybe something similar in Indonesia is, is like that. I mean, there's an Indonesia-Jakarta mission, which just takes up the whole country, you know, and that's... Mm-hmm. The the one thing with Indonesia is it does have the two stakes. It's got one stake in Jakarta, another stake farther away in uh, Surakarta, and then a district way over in Surabaya. So there's three stakes on the island of Java, but that's it for the whole country. You don't have any other districts or stakes anywhere else yeah. on Sumatra or or Sulawesi or anywhere on Borneo or anything like that. So I don't know. I don't know where it would be the best spot. I do think what's going against Singapore would be it's just slightly closer to Cambodia and Thailand and all that, even though it's definitely its own region. I don't know, man. I don't think Kuala Lumpur is in the, the running, though, right now. I think it's too far no. away. No. Well, and considering too, like what the flow of traffic, like would it be easier for people in Singapore to travel to Jakarta or would it be easier for members in Jakarta to travel to Singapore is kind of, I think also part of the consideration, although I'm not quite sure. I'm going to be bold, Joe. Why not both? Why not both? Let's just do them both. Let's do it, man. Um, You (laughs) you did get with your, on the matrix, you you have 19% of Jakarta shows up on lists for 19%. What does that mean? It means uh, it means it shows up on nineteen percent of the lists that have predicted temples. Oh, all right. And, Singa- so and Singapore's Singapore's I'm not actually, alone. You're not alone. It's not in the top of the list, but you've done good things, my friend. Don't worry. Uh, I'm going to bounce right. down to one that I don't know. I don't know about this one, but I've, I'm throwing it out there. Uh, West Africa has been a hotbed of activity and growth for the church in in many years, but really in the past fifteen years, it seems like it has exploded even more so. Uh, we have stakes being organized in Ghana and Nigeria and Sierra Leone and, and Liberia and Cote d'Ivoire and all these mm-hmm. places. So, so much is going on in these countries right now, which is awesome. It's so great to see that happening. And so, I mean, if we look back a handful of years, the first temple in Africa was in Johannesburg in the 80s. And there was nothing for a long time. Yeah, forever. And then we got the temple in Nigeria over there, the one in Abba, which is a Hinkley era mini temple. And then we got a temple in Accra in Ghana, which is that mid 2000s slightly bigger but still small temple like if you've seen the temple in redlands or newport beach or like lubbock or san antonio like that style yeah um yeah and then that was it for a little while that i always thought it was a hinkley era one too but that's but that was but that's been it for a little while but now we've seen these just these past couple conferences two more temples announced for nigeria a temple in sierra leone they're building a temple in in ivory coast right now I think uh, Liberia's got a good chance of getting one. And I think Ghana's got a good chance of getting number two. Ghana's had has very strong church membership in yeah. general. Um, and that's where I'm going here. Cape Coast, Ghana, maybe Kumasi, Ghana. And really, that might be the debate as far as which one uh, would get one, honestly. The Cape Coast region is southwest of Accra, yeah. going down the coast. There are only two stakes in Cape Coast proper, but there are more stakes in the environs kind of right around it that could make a nice regional temple. It could work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fine. I think the case for Kumasi would be not as much as regionally in terms of other stakes around it, because there's not aren't just as many cities around Kumasi. Kumasi is a bit more in the interior, but Kumasi is also the second largest city in Ghana. It has like five stakes in Kumasi itself. Right. 
Um, and it could kind of be a nice way to reach out to the rest of the interior of the country, which is much more sparsely populated still. But uh, I think it could be either one. But I really think this could work for for either. I just like that we're in a place where if there's like five stakes, you're like temple, man. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because back when I mean, it's really unreal if you think about it. Yeah. A long time ago, it'd be like, no, you got to have at least like 15 stakes before they even give you a small one. If you're lucky. Well, yeah. it's, it's a different time right now, which is great. So I don't know. I think it really is. I, either one could happen. I honestly don't know which one I favor more in terms of probability. I really don't. I think if it's between the two. My only thought was that if if it was in Kumasi, would it take the those two stakes in Takarati uh, longer to get to Kumasi or to Accra, where there already is a temple? And so maybe Cape Coast offers a bit of a of a stronger case to to include some of those environs, like you talked about. Yeah, and I could see that. I mean, definitely, it would take them longer to get to. Hmm. I think it would take them longer to get to Kamaski than Accra. I, I have to think the hi- a highway along the coast of Ghana. That's what I'm thinking. I have to think a highway along right. the coast of Ghana is going to be better developed than the N6 road going up 100%. to Kamaski. Yep. Well, it's a good guess. It's a. <laughs> I'm like, I'm digging these. Sound it's effects. the worst. I'm just going to ruin everybody's uh, podcast. <laughs> I will say, uh, you know, we. This is a new age where, you know, it's like five stakes or less can be a temple district in some places but you know we president nelson is also just a wild card in a lot of a lot of ways and <laughs> know, so right? like he wants a temple he says it and you know he gets a temple so and like like here's one that we're not we're not going to talk about at all today but like a lot of people are saying madagascar for example that it might be time for madagascar right. it doesn't have huge stuff but it's showing up on a lot of lists and we didn't predict it this time around but i don't know maybe he'll announce one in antan and Arivo. who knows Interesting. The man does what he wants. Well, this one, this one is for you, uh, old friend. I'm listening. I'm move on to to Scotland because you you uh, you know a little bit about Scotland, right? I mean, you've you've been there maybe once or twice. Yeah, I lived there. I went to I went to grad school <laughs> in beautiful, beautiful, wonderful Scotland. Yes, I know. I, I know. I well, love you know, place. this is not really a gimme. For, what's that? I I love it. I love I Scotland. Missed... It's it's wonderful. Oh. Scotland yes. is the best. Now, I think I have predicted a temple here before in, uh, I think I suggested Glasgow, um, which is clearly the better city, as uh, we, d- we discussed in the article. But um, You son of a... I don't even know. I don't know. I've never even been there. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trolling me. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm trolling. Here, here's the rundown, though. You know, this would essentially be, I think... You know, one could argue not just a, a temple in Scotland, but, you know, a temple that would service Ireland as well, potentially even both northern and, and uh, regular Ireland. I guess we don't say southern. A Celtic um, temple. But yeah, Celtic. Yeah, a Celtic temple. Um, and I, look, I think it's a good pick, particularly in, you know, this new era that we were just talking about a minute ago with, you know, smaller number of stakes. But, you know, you really look at the distance from um what's even the closest temple the other one in preston in england right yeah and um you know the the how many stakes in scotland like six or seven five well i guess five in scotland there's five, and there's another, five in scotland yeah yeah and then another one or two in in uh in ireland i mean that's there's your five stakes right there at least and so um and there's not going to be a yeah, sixth I stake think... anytime soon though that's the thing it's going to be they are they kind of are what they are i don't think their stakes are growing or or contracting they're just there they're just there but hey they they exist and they you know they 
they attend the temple, I imagine. So I mean, there's only one. Um, the funny thing is, there's there's a stake for Edinburgh, but there's also only one ward for all of Edinburgh. It's the capital city of Scotland. It's a huge city, but there's still just one ward in the entire city. So you, for one thing, you have like twelve missionaries in one ward because the city's so big. They still have to split wow. it up to do the, and do the work. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if that goes against it. Like, there's one ward in Edinburgh, right? It's a, it makes sense because it's the capital mm-hmm. of the of the country. But if you go over to Glasgow, where there's the Glasgow Stake and the Paisley Stake, you have a lot more wards that are like clustered around the metropolitan area in a more meaningful way. So I don't know. I don't and know I, I think that's why I, I kind of went with Glasgow in the in my original prediction. But, you know, taking it into account, I think what we were just talking about with Cape Coast is that centrality of location, you know, and having those maybe more northern stakes like Aberdeen and, and others, you know, being able to shave off an hour or two, you know, kind of means a lot when you're looking to maybe not have, um, you know, not plan for like a week vacation in the year where you go and do temple work for a week, like, you know, a lot of European saints are accustomed to doing, particularly, you know, in the last like, well, they wouldn't have to do that. I mean, even now, like the saints, well, the problem is the saints up in Aberdeen, but like, if you live in Edinburgh, when they go to the temple, they'll charter a bus and they go down to, they go down to Preston, they leave early in the morning, go down there and work for the day and come back. And you date same day. They can do same day, but that's Edinburgh down there. If you were coming from like Aberdeen or Inverness, all of a sudden, then it is a bigger, it's right. a bigger undertaking for sure. Yeah. Uh, but if you just think centrality is an issue, I don't think Glasgow or Edinburgh is the obvious choice. I think putting it in Sterling, which itself doesn't have, doesn't have a ton of members, but Sterling is a better central location for all of Scotland. Like if it's going to be a Scottish temple and we're kind of building it under the assumption it'll probably be the only temple in Scotland forever. Mm-hmm. Um Sterling makes a lot of sense. It's just, it's a little bit closer to Dundee, better for Aberdeen and not unrealistic for Glasgow or Edinburgh to travel up to as well. So that's what I think. So everyone shares a little bit of the commute. Everyone shares a little bit. That's what I'm thinking there. All right. We're I go- like it. We're going to one of my favorites, everybody. And right now it tops Where? the Temple Matrix charts, oh. by the way, Woo-hoo. appearing on 88% of lists. Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. Yes. One I have predicted nice. for years, years and years and years and years. It's clearly my new Bentonville, Arkansas. This is, I just, it's, I've explained the logic many times over. I don't know how else to explain it at this point, but I'll do it once more. Mongolia, huge country geographically, small country by population. Okay. It's extremely sparsely populated. And the only real major metropolitan area is the capital city of Ulaanbaatar. And it has two stakes. And then there's another, and that's it for the country. And then there is another district in the country. But two stakes and sparsely populated, formerly mostly basically communist controlled Mongolia is pretty good, I think, for what they've done. And if you run some numbers, you mentioned Cambodia and Thailand, which do have more stakes and more people in those countries. There are more Latter-day Saints like per capita in Mongolia than in these other countries that have had temple, temple announcements made. Okay, mm-hmm. so in my opinion, it's it's a more Mormon country than the other ones are in that sense. It's also crazy remote. I mean, they're assigned to the Hong Kong district. I don't yeah. know what's going to happen to the Hong Kong temple, quite frankly, because Beijing is slowly, you know, taking away any semblance of democracy in Hong Kong. And right Religious now, freedom. right now, it's closed for renovations. But like, I sincerely wonder by the time they're done if they'll be able to open it or if it's going to run into some of these alleged issues we're having with the announced but now never heard about temple in Shanghai. Um, Interesting. That That's more speculative, of course. But I think Mongolia, it makes a lot of sense. It is. It would be definitely a smaller temple. I think it'd be a small temple like we see, you know, going in Guam or Puerto Rico or Cape Verde or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
not a big one. We're talking a, you know, an 18,000 square footer tops, like that kind of thing, but still a temple for the people there. So they don't have to, it's still a developing country and they have to travel and scrimp and save and get all the way down to Hong Kong. And I have to wonder if we're kind of, we're, I think we're past that stage culturally in the church where we have those great stories of how you save all your money and travel far and spend a week off so you can go to the temple where I think now we're like, we've got the resources Let's build the temples where the people are so they can have the blessings of the temple and not. That's funny. Did I mention that in the article or did you? Because I was definitely thinking that of just sort of like those kinds of faith promoting stories of, you know, the the people that travel for a week, you know, barefoot in the in yeah. the bush to make it to the temple. I mean, that's at this point, those kinds of stories are maybe more of an indictment on, you know, uh, good demographics with the temple placement rather than, you know, a faith promoting story. Uh, they serve their purpose at one point, you know, but I think you're right on the money. You know, it, we're, we're kind yeah, of in we an might era be past now where it's now. just like, why like, not? We're, yeah. We, we can build, you know, a, an 8,000 square foot temple or whatever, you know, however many square feet is in yeah. the one, even in like Zimbabwe or wherever. And, you know, we could just make it happen. It makes me wonder how many people currently, how many members currently in Mongolia are, are traveling to the temple or have, you know, in the last, you know, say 20 years yeah. even. And, you know, how many more would there be, you know, serviced by, you know, a temple there? And boy, that could be a pretty dramatic increase, I think, percentage wise. Yeah. And it could follow the old President no, it's, McKay it, it's a mentality. Oh, mentality of let's let's build the temple and the people will come as well to it. Yeah. Like that's the whole if you know if you learn your history, the whole the temple in New Zealand the church was not huge in New Zealand. President McKay felt like we should build a temple out there and it'll be a beacon to the people and help strengthen the church in that area. More or less. Yeah. I mean, and think about it back Hmm. when they built it, there was no, there was no temple in Australia. There was no temple in Polynesia. The only other temple, well, except for Hawaii, there was a temple in Laie. And then they built one down in New Zealand to serve as kind of a, a nice outpost for the church. I was just going to say outpost. Wow. Yeah. I think the, the strongest case here that we keep on reiterating every six months is just that, <laughs> the, the remoteness factor you know I it's think, like it's yeah it's far away from everything so you know didn't, didn't i promise though like i was i think i promised last time i was going to treat this like the one in arkansas like i'm done talking about mongolia and now that i've disavowed <laughs> it they will announce the temple but i just can't you just can't quit I can't it you can't quit it. it no can't <laughs> gotta get that w all right what's next here that's, that's a good guess i think it'll happen and i think you know the Matrix says, I mean, it's number one. That's pretty That's pretty impressive. So we're not the only ones just, you know, kind of giving it the boost here. Um, here's my take. I tried this um, tactic with Lubumbashi and it failed, but I'm trying it again here in South <laughs> Korea with Daegu. Look, the case that I'm trying to make is that, you know, there is one, and we've talked about this already in this conversation, there is one city, Busan, which, you know, has maybe the more uh, critical mass of membership, you know, the the, the higher number of, of stakes, of units, that kind of a thing. Um, and, you know, people that talk about predicting a temple in, an, a second temple in the Korean peninsula talk about Busan, I think, pretty exclusively, you know, but I'm... I'm coming in and saying Daegu. I think there well, are, and it makes sense um, for where it is. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, look these these countries, like you know, I think I'm thinking of Taiwan and Korea and Japan. You know, they're just they're really efficiently serviced by a lot of high speed rail. Um, people travel a lot by by rail, and so I, in my mind, I'm kind of thinking, okay, like that opens up the map a little differently. Um, in terms of like where are we looking um, for potential temples, uh, I think you could 
you know, easily make an argument for a sizable temple district of at least 12 stakes, um, handful of districts. Um, no, I think that's for, oh yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, there are 12 states are and six correct, districts sir. in the, in the Seoul temple district. Um, and I think you could do another 12 stakes and six districts. So it would be exactly, it would be split exactly in half, um, for a potential Daegu temple. Um, you know, not much else to say other than that. I mean, I've never been to Korea. I don't have any like nuances on transportation or, um, you know, like, I guess, or like anything about the country, like, like the flow of people into like of how many it. people, more people go to the capital versus like not go to the capital or whatever. But, you know, I think you can make a good case looking at the map anyway. Well, you know, I don't know if you're quite right on this. I think where the temple is going to go in Korea is going to be in Pyongyang. I think that is going oh, to of be course. The, uh, <laughs> the location. They're just going to take that unfinished giant goofy hotel and make that into the temple. It's going to happen. All right. So I'm my next one. Uh, it's going to be kind of my out there pick that I fully don't expect will actually happen in real life, but we're going to throw it out there anyway, because we all get these. This, this is yours Why was, de- was yours was Fort Worth and mine is Cape yep. Town, South Africa. South Africa has two temples already of the Joburg one I mentioned before. And then a temple in Durban that was only dedicated like last year. Um, and the Durban district is not enormous and Durban's closer to the Johannesburg area being on, it's on the East coast. Uh, definitely than Cape Town. Cape Town's really far. If you put a map, I just I wanted to check that check this to be clear. How far away Cape Town is from Pretoria or from Johannesburg? Like just ge- just geographically, to say nothing of road conditions and and development, it's about mm-hmm. the same distance as like Flagstaff, Arizona, to like Minneapolis. Okay, jeez. For context, Cape Town's like the Perth of South Africa. Yeah, yeah. Cape Town's out there by itself. Now, the church is not huge there, okay? I mean, obviously, we are talking about how you could have... We've I just made an argument before for two stakes in a district meriting a temple, right? And Cape Town basically has that. But yeah. um, it is remote. I get it. I don't think on paper it makes a lot of sense. Like, yes, let there be a temple in this delightful place. But it's remote. Like, it's a, it's a serious undertaking, even for the saints out there to get up to Johannesburg to mm-hmm. go to the temple. It's either a 15-hour drive, uh, rail traffic, is, is a, it does exist in South Africa, but I don't think it's the most efficient way of getting to Johannesburg. You can fly, and then you're talking about like your members are flying on a plane within their own country, which is not the biggest country yeah. in the world geographically, a perfectly well-sized one, but nothing like enormous, and you're flying to get to the temple. So I think I could see it happening only if we decide to have that outpost mentality again of just saying like, look, the Cape Town Saints are pretty far removed from all this. And Perth got a temple for and it's isolated yeah. from the rest of Australia. Why not have one in Cape Town? Now, that's really my only argument for it. And I don't know if uh, has not... anybody else mentioned it on the Matrix. What What's its score? We are the only fun. ones along with Daegu. We are the only. <laughs> Also, <laughs> we're the best. Oh, man, we're having fun with this list this time. <laughs> but to be clear, so you you mentioned Perth, though. I just checked out Perth. It's a little bit denser, and Perth is a big city, but there's four stakes right around Perth itself, and that's the entire Temple District for Perth. Mm-hmm. And Perth is definitely, yeah. Perth is more isolated than even from its the rest of its country than Cape Town is from right. uh, the rest of South, the rest of uh, South Africa. But uh, so I'm not saying my thought it, is, you know, great, um, but with with the remoteness argument and I think the isolation argument, which is totally a, a, a good one. 
it's probably going to be Mongolia before it's Cape Town, you know. There we go. And uh, like if that goes well, then they, you know, we might we might see Cape Town kind of in the mix. If it, if it goes well, future, if the but... Mongolians do their job, they're like, all right, we can give one to Cape Town then too, because those Mongols kept it real. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I don't know. But but what, what what's the church growth like in in Cape Town? I, I don't Have think you it's. That up? I don't think it's. I mean, I could look. I don't think it's you know knocking anyone's mm. socks off or anything like that. I can tell you very quickly, if you want to vamp for a second, I can go over to Kimura.com, a wonderful resource all of you should use. Sure. I'm just, I'm drinking some, some rooibos tea, which is from, I just learned this actually recently because it was, a, this was a big tea on my mission. Yes. Um, but uh, there's only one place in the whole world where rooibos tea bushes grow, and that is in a national park just north of Cape Town. So There we go. Okay, so go. the the two stakes <laughs> in Cape Town, the Cape Town stake was organized in 1984, and they did organize the Belleville South Africa stake in 2014. So it oh. took them 30 years, but they did get a second stake. And the South Af- the George South Africa district was in 2016. So the upside is there's some... There's some organization here. That's fairly recent, yeah. Some. It's not huge, but yeah, you know. If okay, whatever. Maybe after Liberia. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, what's next here? Um, oh, this was one that I did. I think just six months ago, even. You did, sir. That's true. <sighs> yeah. I think it's a good pick. I don't know if I'm the only one. What does the Matrix say? This is I'm talking about um, Osaka, Japan. Oh, can't find it. I'm listening. Tell me more about Osaka, I Japan. Think, I think I'm just looking too too high on the Matrix. I'm having to keep on scrolling. Oh, you're on the Matrix, scrolling. dude. Just do con- even just, just do it. Control F, man. Just do Control F. Osaka. Oh yeah. Osaka oh, appears on 19% of lists. Okay. All right. So again, I think I've had a lot in that sort of 19 to 25% yeah. range yeah, this man. time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Osaka, it's a, uh, it's a big city. It's kind of right in between. Um, let me look here. It's about two hours away from Tokyo, I think on train. And, um, you know, there's uh what did I say? I think last time I said, Speaking of trains, I think maybe I'm on, a, I'm on a train kick here. I know that trains are very fast and efficient in Japan, <laughs> making it easier for cross-country travel. To Man, I am on this like romantic, I think, just train oh, vision. Yeah. That I think, you know, I'm, I'm imagining people just doing old school like rail, railway travel to the temple. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, but yeah, so I, I can't find where I'm talking about like the actual numbers, though. Can you help me out here? There are no numbers. Well, you do say, I mean, I get what you're saying. Osaka's kind of nicely. In, there's a temple in Fukuoka. There's a temple in, in Tokyo. And Osaka's a big city, and it's kind of there in between. I I'll tell you it. how many uh, how many stakes could potentially be in part, a district. Part, there, of this, part of this level of fun. I'm yeah. assuming it's part of the Tokyo district. Let's find out for real. Yes. Is. Osaka is part of the temple of the Osaka has. Uh, I must have forgot to put the numbers in. So like right, gotcha. right in the area. I mean, there's there's the Kyoto stake, the Kobe stake, the Osaka. And there's three. Looks stakes. like Osaka has three stakes. And then, you know, and then there's another district kind of nearby. And, and so N- Nagoya is kind of nearby. You've got oh one yeah, Nagoya. Chiyama. I could see. I see where you're coming with this. I mean, it probably wouldn't stretch as far as Shizuoka, but um, definitely Nagoya, Kyoto. A lot of iconic Japanese cities right there. I mean, it's just, you know, it's right in the middle of uh, 
let's see. Where's the other temple, actually? The other temple's in Fukuoka, down on in the south. Oh, yeah, Fukuoka, right. Oh, it's not showing on this map. Funny. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a – you could have, look, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe eight. Eight stakes in a district. I think that's pretty – All right. That's a good guess. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. <laughs> Moving up. Uh, back to Utah. This is another, I think, legitimate Utah prediction. Probably one that rankles Joe more in terms of like, nope. come on, Utah, yeah. enough with the temples already. <laughs> Let's hear your uh, case. My case is Southern Utah County, my friend. A land that is growing, a land that has lots of housing development going on, a land that still has plenty of members, even without that. But a land that does have a temple that's not super old at this point in Payson. But between Provo City Center and Payson, that's it. There's no other temple in between the two. Payson's at the southern end of the main developed area. of it's, Payson's like the last outpost of the Wasatch Front, mm-hmm. really. Um, I think even literally, I think it stops being area code 801 once you get to Santa Quinn. I think that's 435. So, uh, so you got one in Payson. You got Provo City Center. I think a temple might go in Spanish Fork. Now, the area is not as densely populated as the stretch from Provo, maybe Spring Village, going on up through Utah County, right? If you go south of Provo for 10 miles, it is not the same as going north of Provo for 10 miles in terms of what you see. That's fine. But it's developing quite a bit. I think the numbers could support it. I mean, if you look at this, you've got like... There are nearly, what, 30 stakes serving the Payson, Utah Temple. And there are... You could take off 13 of those... Provo City Center would still keep 21 stakes if it if you got rid of like Springville and Mapleton that's currently mm-hmm. serve it. And Spanish Fork would have a 21 stake district. And it would even out the number of stakes between Payson and Provo City Center. Payson would drop a good number of those. They'd be down to like 16 stakes, but that area is also growing. And I think down there, let's be honest, it's growing with more Mormons. And so it's yeah. just, they're just gonna have more stakes. I think it. I, I like it. I think it works. Spanish Fork, maybe Mapleton, but I think Spanish Fork. Spanish Fork makes the most sense geographically for the entire thing. So I'm I'm pulling for this one, man. It's going to happen. The only question is if it's enough. It if, if it's a, if it's enough to is it not on the matrix, dude? Control F. I, that's what I'm doing. I am. You're right. It's nowhere on the matrix. The matrix is flawed. <laughs> Oh, it's the it's Matrix listed under Springville slash Utah That's County, Utah, with with thirty one percent. I'm not saying it, Springville. Look, I think no, you not can Springville. make a pretty strong case. Not Springville. Oh, it probably got I'm counted sorry. as Springville. Is there a Springville? That th- that's what it is. It's Springville. So I'm not I'm not giving it to Springville. No sir. Got it. No no how no, no. way. Here's here's what you... I think. I feel like yeah. I have two points to to counter. I think your your decent case. The first one is along the Wasatch Front, I feel like there's got to be, I mean, Smithfield is an exception, obviously, because it's not along the Wasatch Front, but there needs to be, I think, a, a minimum quota of stakes that are, you know, potentially reserved for a, a new temple district. And I think, you know, 25 to 30 is probably that sweet spot. I think, you know, and the reason I think that is because my second point like, look at Payson's Temple. Look at the one going in Twilla. Look at the one going into Orem. These are all, like, 70,000-plus square footage. Yeah. They are, like, literally designed to take in large amounts of, of people at one time. You know, they're they're designed to, I think, be a temple for 30 to 40 stakes. And so, 
you know, if we're looking at our prognostications that are smaller than that with the way that these Utah temples are being built with their size and everything, I don't know, man. I just think along the Wasatch Front, if if we had a temple for every 20 stakes, that, that would be like way more temples than we currently have now. But Which I think in a way that we're splitting I just it up. mean like it's it's a lot. Well, here's a here's a great example though. Like if we if you look at the uh, let's say the Mount Tipinogos Temple up there in American Fork, right? It's mm-hmm. got a number of it's got it pulls in from. Let me see here. Right, currently, okay, currently eight stakes of Saratoga Springs. Uh, more than that from Pleasant Grove. You've got three stakes in Linden, a whole bunch of stakes in Lehigh, a bunch of stakes in Eagle Mountain. There's a lot going on there. Now, we know, of course, they're building a temple in Saratoga Springs. That's the probably the farthest one along of any of these new temples coming to Utah. Yeah, That's going to chop off Eagle Mountain, Saratoga Springs, probably most of Lehigh, some of it. I don't know where, where they will draw the line, but that's going to take out a big chunk of that. Linden's curious because I guess it'll pull from some of Orem, maybe from some of even like the Provo Temples District. I don't know what they'll do. But uh, you don't have a lot of space between Linden and then where the actual temple is in American Fork right now. But I think they're right. like diluting. I think they're diluting it down. You know, I think uh, I know the Linden Temple will still be big as well. I'm with you that you have to build a temple big enough to be supported by the people. But I kind of think that's where it's going. If we're in Spanish Fork or Springville or somewhere in between, I don't know. Yeah, I think it works for me. I mean, you know, there. I think you, I do, you know. do make a reasonable case. Yes, I, just, I do. Uh, that's why I'm in. Charge. I have my own bias, and I think you know. <laughs> See, I had my bias. I, I, wor- I, I had my bias too, right. but it's clear that like temples are just going up in Utah. It's like throw a dart at this point, and we're just getting temples right. In Utah. No, and I guess that's that's my point. Like, you know, I, I there were there was a time where like you know there were a lot of places that you know we kind of boosted Davis County a lot. Um, you know, places in Utah that could really use a temple um, that might you know existing temples had a a large strain of like attendance numbers. And so, but now that those are maybe potentially cleared out, you know, it's maybe important to remember we are a global church and it's like, you know, how many more temples is Utah going to get before kind of the rest of the world in one sense? But, you know, I don't know. All the temples, my friend, all of them. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Every temple your heart could ever possibly imagine. uh, Do we have any more guesses? Are we done? Oh no! Uh, la- last yeah. one here. We- we've got one El Paso, we've, which you've done before. How do you feel about El Paso? We've made the case before. Yeah, I th- I think um, y- you you build an interesting case. I think with several different bullet points. I I mentioned um, the most convincing one was you know sort of like if Pittsburgh can get one, then so can El Paso. Looking at the numbers, but I think the one that I've been thinking about just leading up to this podcast is. Uh, the military base, you know, I think having a temple, it goes back to what I was saying about, is it easier to go from one location to another? Certainly it's easier for the saints in Mexico, right across the border to go to a temple in Mexico, which is why I think that the El Paso area temple was put in Mexico. Um, and, and, Juarez, have, and Juarez is the bigger city too. I mean, it just, that, that's true too. Yeah. Juarez yeah. is the biggest and probably has, you know, the bigger number of Mormons as well. Membership. Yeah. Um, you know, but if you have a, a contingency within El Paso that can't leave or can't, you know, move across international borders for religious purposes, um, you know, that's, uh, I don't know how many people that would serve. I mean, maybe it's not like, it's not as, as convincing of an argument all by itself. Um, but you know, it contributes to, I think the, 
the larger case that you're building of just putting a temple right across the border. I mean, essentially this would be the same metro area in one sense, you know, to have like a, another second temple, kind of like Fort Worth. It kind of would be, yeah, but, the, but it would be being done for a lot less, <laughs> I think, yeah. I think than Lima or Guatemala City or Provo. Yeah. And I'm with you. So now. tell me why you think it's a good guess. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk, like I've said before. Um, but yeah, Juarez has, uh, what, five stakes in it. El Paso has three. El Juarez is also a bigger city than El Paso. Uh, and so it's fine. But it is funny that El Paso, I mean, is assigned to Juarez. So if you live in the United States, you have to travel to Mexico to go to the temple, which is a very interesting kind of po- sociopolitical conundrum in many ways. You don't yeah. think of things being yeah. that way. It's almost, I mean, you almost expect instead it would be forcing the the Mexicans to travel across the, the country. The, the Part of me kind of likes it like that. Yeah, the border to, to go to the temple in the States. But it's the other way around. But I mean, I've a lot of this is anecdotal, but I've had friends who like used to work for companies that would like they would have to go visit like Maquiladoras in Juarez and they'd stay in El Paso and they'd have to have like an escort to go across the border and be safe to go into Juarez is famously racked with uh, drug and mm-hmm. um, cartel violence. And it's there's they have a lot of problems. So I have to wonder. I don't know. I don't know if you're in El Paso and I would actually love to hear about this. How realistic is it that people in El Paso cross the border to go into Mexico to go right. to the temple? I'm curious about that because if you don't, then all of them are going up to Albuquerque four hours away to, to do temple worship. Um, and then that makes us ask the question, like if we're pretending there's no temple in Juarez because it's unrealistic to go there or it's not safe to go there, then if El Paso just stands alone, then maybe you put right. one in uh, El Paso. I know it's still kind of unlikely, but... Well, it's definitely interesting to think about because it's not a buy. It's not like an intercontinent or an international temple, like say Cardston, right? If you're in Cardston, it's not just Southern Alberta. There are parts of Northern Montana that are part of the Cardston Temple District, but the border situation between the U.S. and Canada outside of COVID much different is yeah. much different than that between Juarez <laughs> and the U.S. and Mexico. Obviously, I mean, if you watch the news, so that's why I think that can be a mitigating factor. Uh, other than that, we just have honorable mentions if there's any of them that jump out. By the way, I want to say I think Austin might be the more likely pick for anywhere in Texas. If you look at like how we're building other temples in uh, in Texas right now, it's almost kind of funny that we've leaned on these other ones. Because like the San Antonio Temple, for example, has Austin in its district. It has all the places that will probably be part of the McAllen district when that's done. Yeah, And those aren't, those aren't huge numbers in terms of stakes. As far as that. So as long as they were okay cleaving off Austin, you've got five stakes in the immediate Austin area, then one in Georgetown, one in San Marcos. I mean, that could easily, that's as, that's as many stakes, if not more than what McAllen will have. Why could yeah. you not have one? Or a, or a would-be El Paso. Yeah, or a would-be El Paso. Anyways, but that, that one's, I think, is that one even an honorable mention? Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, other ones, we'll just go through them. Heber Valley, Utah. We've mentioned that one a lot. I think that could happen. Yeah. Maybe somewhere in the East Salt Lake Valley at this point, somewhere like north of Sandy, yeah. I don't know, like Holiday area, maybe something like that. I don't know. Um, Oslo, Norway, I think could happen. Maybe I think Oslo deserves a revisit. I think it was a prediction a few years ago that we put it put in, but um, that might be fun to recrunch the numbers on and kind of make a case. Yeah. Then we got Buenos Aires number two, uh, Leon, Mexico. I think that's a good one. Wellington, New Zealand's an interesting choice. That could be fun, but I just wonder if that's biting off too much for the North Island. Like maybe put it in Christchurch just to th- to share the load, and so the South Island gets a temple. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Know. 
I don't know. Yeah, I thought about that too. I think Wellington still is the stronger case, though. Here's one of your stronger ones, though. Uh, somewhere like Kananga or actually uh, yeah. Mubuji Mai DRC. I think that one could potentially have been an actual pick this time around, uh, the middle of the yeah. Democratic Republic of the Congo. I agree. I don't see Kampala, Uganda happening only because the temple in Nairobi is supposed to happen and and nothing's happened with it in four and a half years. No. So I don't know what's going yeah. on there. Yeah, it needs it needs some love. Vigna del Mar, man. It's like that's my you that's love, my Benson you love in some that sense. One. I feel like that needs to happen though. <laughs> well make it happen, Captain. Come on. Santiago number two again, a number two you know, temple. Do the numbers support Santiago? I'd be I'm curious about that. Yeah, I mean, there's still like 77 stakes, I think, in the Santiago Temple district. It is huge, and the temple there's not big either. It's this. No, uh-uh. it's re- actually that, there's a huge number of stakes in Santiago. Yeah, yeah, I could. We've talked about Vinny Del Mar before. I could see that, or just. A st- I think both of these, both the chili ones right there, could be potentially uh, good picks. Interesting. Oh, trip. Delta, that's kind of cool. Something down there, Fillmore, Millard County, yeah. sparsely populated, but membership. Um, Literally anywhere with people, the Philippines. <laughs> I just think that's what's going to Dude, happen. yeah. Uh, I think I like two nephews that recently went on their mission there, too. It's still going gangbusters. Yeah. What else El Salvador, another, another one, there. one there. La Paz, Bolivia is an, is an interesting choice that I've seen floated around. We've got the Temple of Cochabamba. We're getting the one in Santa Cruz, which is east of Cochabamba. La Paz is over on the west, much mm-hmm. closer to the Peruvian border. That's an interesting choice. I wonder if that could happen. And then, I think uh, the numbers are there, but just like the one, you know, Venezuela has good numbers for, um, what is it, uh, Maricaribo, but yeah, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of the the political situation kind of makes it impossible. And then Austin, and then I think some of these back four we have are also strong candidates. Either way, Charlotte, North Carolina, even though there's a temple in Columbia, South Carolina, I think is, a, I think that's a realistic pick. Uh, Colorado yeah. Springs, also the numbers could support it. It makes probably sense. should have written about it this time. Yeah, even though we have in the past. Uh, Monrovia, Liberia, I think is strong as is Missoula, Montana. I think we've written about in yeah. the past as well, if I'm not mistaken, which are also all potential good choices. We'll see. What we do you think see. listeners? How are when, our choices? When do you think they're going to announce them? Oh, by That's the way, been... I, I should mention, by the way, Missoula, Montana, this, this says a lot about our, our honorable mentions. Missoula, Montana is number four on the matrix. Monrovia, Liberia is number five. <laughs> And, right. and the D- Mubu, uh, Mubuji Maya in the DRC is nine, and Colorado Springs is ten. If you think and, we're and, not going to take Austin, the W, if those if those get announced, if you think we're not going to take the W, yeah, and you're, Austin you're wrong. is number two. <laughs> All right. So well, the only, I think the only one we have not we said anywhere in the Philippines, the only one we never said clearly was like another one in Mexico City proper. But that's kind of like the one yeah. in Puebla that's already that's been announced honestly well see but i think i think leon is is kind of the the more obvious choice there all right and just so you know some of the ones that are off the list if we're talking matrix that have better uh you got another one in chile the madagascar one maybe one down in over in iquitos peru charlotte cape coast we mentioned harriman which we've talked about before southwestern salt lake valley yeah Um, heber city la paz edinburgh osaka jakarta Also, then it gets down to lists where people are saying Vienna. Vienna is not going to happen in Austria. They announced a temple in Budapest. Vienna is not going to happen anytime soon, people. (laughs) I'm sorry. You don't get that. It's like Bratislava. That would be hilarious if they built one in Bratislava, but not (laughs) in Vienna. Yeah, right. Take that. Oh, man. If you want to know some fun trivia, folks, before we go, good like pub quiz type stuff, Bratislava is the only uh, national capital that borders two countries. There you go. Wow. Yes. I like those kind of factoids. There, you can take that one and use that. Uh, I shall. For, for fun. 
That's people, going in the bank and your forever. Friend, by the way, I mentioned Christchurch. Christchurch is the lowest ranked one on the entire matrix. So interesting good for me i like someone said brazzaville the congo brazzaville is the capital of the republic of the congo and it sits uh-huh. across the congo river from kinshasa, kinshasa. which is the capital of the democratic <laughs> republic of the congo which has a temple yeah okay yeah it's not gonna happen but i like the one that says barcelona on the matrix whoever had that there one you go. good for you you are correct i'm just waiting for the andoran the andoran temple <laughs> dude there's a branch in andorra a branch <laughs> And when I was on my mission, a missionary was the branch president. Now they finally have a member who's the president. Oh, but... oh man. No. Don't, don't don't get crazy, Joe. Take it easy. Good old Europe. All right, folks. Well, this always winds up being longer than we expect it to be. And uh, enjoy the predictions. This is a great episode because it has no evergreen value whatsoever other than entertainment in like four days. It's so... done. <laughs> so... well, it's, always, as, it's a pleasure as always, though, talking with you, Jeff. Thank you, Joe. Good to see you, my friend. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please offer your comments with this on the Facebook post for it, wherever. Follow us on social media. Support us on Patreon. Be our friend as we wish to be your friend. And uh, until we meet again for our general conference recap, be well, be holy, and be happy. Bye-bye.